Welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word, the podcast that empowers you to say fuck being fine. Tired of being stuck in a place where you say everything's fine, when it's really not fine at all? You're not alone. I'm your host, Lori Seitz. I've been there too, and so have my guests. Here's a secret. All it takes is a conscious decision to change and then restructure beliefs so your actions take you in the right direction. That's where Fine is a Four-Letter Word comes in. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories from people who have transformed their lives and businesses and practical tips and takeaways to move you from spinning in place to forward action so you can create a life of joy. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Many people believe they have a dream lifestyle. The perfect house, the perfect job or business, the perfect family and social cycle, just everything perfect. Some create checklists or vision boards so they can visualize it now and align their thoughts and actions toward having it for themselves. But what if you think you've achieved it? And then it turns out you veered off course, way off course. Tess Whitler was raised in central Pennsylvania as a part of a tight-knit family. Growing up, it was annoying to visit grandparents, uncles, and aunts, cousins who were much younger than she was. It made her eyes roll. As an adult, she came to appreciate family as she created a life with her husband. Then a cascade of events happened. Both her parents, her mother-in-law, and both grandparents died within a span of just 30 months. This was right around the time COVID happened, and also right around the time Tess and her husband Jason bought what they believed was their dream house in Richmond, Virginia, to be close to Jason's job. They bought a boat and looked forward to hiking. Then they noticed they weren't hiking, they weren't fishing, and they weren't boating even though this was supposed to be their dream lifestyle. Up until this point, everything seemed fine. But fine is a four-letter word. In January 2022, Jason lost his job. Between that and so many of Tess's family having passed away, they began to question their choices. It occurred to them that perhaps they had not created their dream lifestyle after all. But then, what was the next step? In a moment, when you meet Tess, you'll discover the journey she and her husband embarked upon that has taken them to somewhere they hadn't considered before, Washington State, where Jason was born and raised but had left after high school. There were so many questions. Would they find a house they liked? How would Tess get along with her husband's family, who she had not really had a chance to spend time with except through occasional visits? Would they find the hobbies and social circles they were looking for? They were so focused on asking, what if it doesn't work, that they didn't think to ask an even more powerful question. Like Tess, you may think everything is fine and have no reason to ask questions or continue a path of self-discovery. Just follow the course and you'll reach the destination. But is that because you're certain you're on the right path? Or... Because you're afraid that if you take a step back and look from a distance, you might find out you're not. In which case, you might be left questioning whether you can ever manage to find your right path, overcome the feelings of overwhelm and the impossible to live up to expectations. 
The first step is to go to zenrabbit.com right now and download the five easy ways to start living the sabbatical life guide. Once you read it, you'll discover. Once you read it, you'll understand how the beliefs you've been programmed with since birth are holding you back and keeping you stuck. It's only seven pages, so it won't take you long to get through. And the five tactics are pretty simple. But once you follow even one of them, you are in for a profound change. When you're ready to say fuck being fine, then this guide is the place to start. It's time to blaze a new trail and chart a new course. Right now, Tess Whitler is ready to take us on a hike. Let's hit the trail and see what we might find. Hello and welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is someone I've known for a very long time, and then we kind of lost connection, and then we've reconnected. Tess Whitler, welcome to the show. Hey, Lori. So good to be here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And how do we originally connected because we were both in a mastermind with Jim Palmer, right? That is correct. Jim Palmer, the newsletter guru, not Jim Palmer, the baseball player. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he was really instrumental in connecting us, uh, gosh, what, probably 12 years ago? At least a decade ago. At least, yeah. 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 It was good. Yeah, and so much has happened in both of our lives since then, obviously. I mean, as you would expect, yeah, for, (laughs) you know, if, yeah, because if you're not growing, you're dying. And both of us have been doing a lot of growing in that time. And we're going to get into that, so... Yeah, let's start off with the question of what were the values and beliefs that you were raised with that contributed to you becoming who you've become? Yeah, this is such an interesting question. Um, You know, I was raised very traditionally. My folks, uh, you know, my dad worked, my mom stayed at home um, and with the kids and was a housemaker. And uh, I grew up in central Pennsylvania. But, um, you know, my parents didn't really have a lot. But, uh, you know, what we did have, you know, we made the most of, you know, it was my dad, both my parents actually um, were very into family and connections and staying, you know, and we had these, these crazy Sunday afternoon visits where we'd have to go visit some family member. And as a teenager, that was, that was the thing I absolutely despised the most. It was like, I can imagine kidding me, dad, we have to go visit aunt and uncle, whomever. Um, And it wasn't just like his siblings or my grandparents. It was, you know, the great aunt and uncle that we hadn't seen or some, you know, a cousin, you know, a second cousin or something like he was really big into that. And, um, uh, you know, my, my mom was too. My mom was from New Hampshire. My dad was from Pennsylvania. They met when he was in the service. So, uh, you know, of course, when we were in New Hampshire, we did the same thing. But most of my upbringing was in Pennsylvania. And I think that that really uh, instilled an awful lot of uh, importance of connection and uh, community. And of course, as a teenager, I, I certainly did not appreciate it, especially as being the oldest cousin So, you know, it just I didn't want to deal with my, you know, my toddler cousins when I was a teenager. Um, But as I got older and uh, we lived in Pennsylvania for quite a while, uh, probably I would say until my early 40s, um, 
And so we would still go back home to my grandmother's and my grandmother always had Thanksgiving and all of our cousins, all the cousins would come together and our spouses were there and then their kids were there. And, you know, so it became an incredibly important part of who I am, Mm -hmm. uh, that connection that, I mean, yes, absolutely family connection, but I think it's, it's deeper than that. I think it was just that, that sense of home, that sense of belonging, sense of community, um, it was really instilled in me and my husband, I know we're not talking about him, but my husband had the same upbringing, um, on here in Washington. And, uh, so when we were living in Pennsylvania, that was equally important to him to make sure that we got together with my dad for brunch or, you know, got to see my grandparents or, you know, those, those types of things. Yeah. Well, and I would imagine that that's an important piece of your relationship is that you have that same value of family is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. That whole piece of connection and community and being a part of, you know, that bigger family unit, that was something that all of us, all of us cousins, we probably all didn't care for it as a teen or even a young adult. But mm-hmm. when it was taken, when my grandmother passed away and it was taken away, we all have commented about how much we missed that and missed that piece of always going to Graham's for a gathering or, you know, always spending Thanksgiving there. Um, that was such a big part. I think who we were. Yeah. And so no one else in the family took over that responsibility. No. So and this is kind of where um, I'll tell you a little bit of the background of, of what transpired in a short period of time in my life. Um, so we uh, I lost my dad um, and then I lost uh, we lost three parents in 30 months. So I lost my mom and then I, I lost my dad, then I lost my mom. And then I lost, we lost Jason's mom in 30, 30 months. Wow. So, and then in between that, we lost both grandmothers. Um, wow. So I lost my mom and my grandmother the same week. So uh, I'm on the phone with my mom's hospital trying to figure out what's, what's going on with her. Cause she was in New Hampshire and my cousins are trying to call me from Pennsylvania because my grandmother had passed. So it was, it was just a really dark time in our lives. And, um, to answer your question, no, no one has, uh, the, the family unit's different now. It's, mm, it, I'm not saying yeah. it's different for every, all the cousins, but it's definitely different for me and my brother. And um, so and we were living in Virginia at the time. So it was still a six or seven hour drive to go, quote unquote, home for the Mm -hmm. holidays. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would certainly um, I would certainly be welcome. I have I have standing invitations with my aunts and my uncles. Um, Absolutely. But it's, it's just different when you lose, you know, my dad and my grandmother were such an instrumental part of my life of our lives that it's just, it's different when, when you lose, when you lose them back to back. Right. And in, in in any circumstance, when a parent passes or a grandparent or, you know, family members that you've been close to and you have to readjust or adjust in the first place, like, well, what is my life now? Yeah. And, and even questioning like, who am I now? Yeah. Because your identity is tied to them. And when they're not still here in physical form, now what? Right, right. And no one can compare, no one can prepare you for that loss. No. Right? So, not at all. Uh, and, and you you look back and you're like, oh, well, you've had friends, really close friends, or even a cousin or someone who has lost a, a, one of their parents. And 
you know, I was really close to a couple of my, to my uncle and my aunt and like super close to them. And, you know, but they were still my uncle and my aunt. And right. so no one prepared, no one could prepare you for that. So it really does. It makes you kind of sit back. And then um, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's ever dealt with losses back to back to back, but it was just like, it felt like one gut punch after another, after another. And then when we lost Jason's mom, I was just like, you got to be shitting me. Like, he just like, really? Yeah. Um, like, you how know, much can, how much do you think, universe, God, whatever, can I handle? Yeah. 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 And it was just, it was just like, you know, no, no disrespect to our grandmothers, but they, they had lived really, really full and long lives. And, and they were to the point where they couldn't really enjoy life. Um, mm -hmm. And they, so you, you, you expect that. You don't expect that when, you know, my, all three of the folks uh, were unexpected. So um, so it was just, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but it yeah. was just, no one can prepare you for that until you've gone through that. And everyone tells you that. And you right. hear that. And you'll hear this on this podcast if you've not gone through that. But it is, it's a very different look at your life after you're faced with mortality. Like you're faced with, you know, I'm going to die someday. And what does that look like? And how's, how do I want to live the rest of my life? Um, so that was that was one of the questions, one of the big questions that we faced losing our folks. Yeah. When what years were was that or what was the last year that the last one was like how long sure. ago? Sure. Um, we lost Jason's mom uh, July 2020. OK, so only three years. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, as you mentioned and as I've mentioned many times on the show in from my perspective of after my mom passed of, of, you know, do I want to live the next 20 years the same way I lived the last 20? And you just brought up that same question, like what now, what, what, or yeah. where, where do I go from here? Or what do I want to change? And so what is it that like, what did you go through? What was your thought process or what was the, the process that, or the, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is, but what did you go through to, you know, reevaluate? What was that? What did that look like for you? Sure. So, um, you know, it was during COVID. So, you know, of course we were locked Let's down. Let's have an extra layer of complexity to it. Right. Right. So, and at the time, a life had taken us to Richmond, Virginia. We were there uh, for Jason's job. Um, he was in the horse racing industry, the business side of horse racing. And um, so we were there for that and we were still, you know, six or seven hours away from Pennsylvania. And I think, you know, when, after all of those, after we came up for air from all of that grief, and then we were able to actually do things because, you know, COVID allowed us, you know, the pandemic slowly allowed us to do a few things. I think we really just looked at it as we're going to enjoy life to the absolute fullest um, the other big thing for us is uh, we know that we only have one body, and so we want to take care of it as best as we can. So we're we're super vigilant at strength training and working out and keeping keeping care of our body, eating eating healthy, being outside as much as possible. All those things have always been important to us. But after watching um, our parents uh, be sick and then then pass you know, that became even more of a important factor of our lives. So, um, you know, shortly after, uh, you know, we came up from air, from grieving, we, we adopted a dog, we got our dog, and we uh, 
finally decided to pull the trigger on buying a boat and go fishing and we went hiking more. So we started doing the things that uh, we hadn't been doing for whatever reason, you know, trying to be outside uh, and trying to just enjoy life a little bit more. Um, I'm big into hobby photography and artsy fartsy pictures. So as my family <laughs> calls them. Uh, so I get that from my dad. My dad was, you know, I, he taught me everything I know about about photography. My brother's a really good photographer too. So I can't keep, can't, can't compete with their level, but I can certainly try my little artsy fartsy stuff. I, so we I all just have our own gifts. Yeah. And all, nobody's, it's not a competition. Right. Do you have a, so do you, since you're mentioning that, I just want to jump in and ask sure. if you have a place, like, is there a website? Do you have an Etsy site? What do you, where do you, or do you just do them for yourself? I just do them for myself and share them on social media. And, okay. uh, you know, eventually, um, we'll get into it, but I have a second, second website beyond the com, where, um, we're trying to share more of these types of adventures. Um, it's not a travel blog is more of a, you know, trying to live beyond the grind life. And what does that look like? And for us, it looks like being taking advantage of the outdoors and, and doing the things that we love, but yeah. So, okay. um, cool. Yeah. So- yeah. Back to your story. I don't want it. Yeah, that's fine. I just thought, yeah. Uh, okay. So, so enjoying. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to fall into complacency where you're just like, oh, I'll do that next weekend or, you know, we can do that next month or next year. We don't have to do that this holiday. We could do it next holiday. And then it becomes, well, how long? Who knows if there'll be a next. Right. Right. So, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, fast forwarding a little bit. So I haven't asked the question, but I will tell you exactly when did things stop being so fine, right? Right, So we did this, we went along and we did this. And then um, January 2022, Jason was laid off. And, um, uh, you know, we, we were expecting it, but it wasn't, we weren't expecting it as early as it happened. Uh And uh, so that really gave us a, you know, we liked the outdoors. We liked to go fishing and hiking and do all this other stuff, but we weren't really doing it. I mean, we made this, you know, initial push, right? And mm-hmm. and then we weren't really doing it. And I, um, and we were in Virginia simply for that job. So, you know, after the uh, crap storm settled a little bit and we kind of were able to digest, okay, this is, this happened and, and how to we weren't really sad about it, to be honest mm. with you. Like, yeah. he says, he always tells the stories like, you know, the next day he was, he felt like the sense of relief. Like I didn't have to deal with what I was dealing with. Right. The universe so, served up what he wasn't yeah. able to do himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we weren't really sad about, about that change of events. It just, you know, kind of threw us to to the side for a little bit. So, um, but I, you know, I really started asking some really deep questions about our lives and, you know, knowing that we had lost three parents and two grandmothers in a really short period of time. And our grandmothers were incredibly influential in our lives. Like it wasn't just like, I mean, they were super influential in who we were as, as human beings. And so to lose those folks, and then on top of that, I was like, okay, well, why are, you know, I started asking myself the question, well, if I could live anywhere in the world, uh-huh. where would I, would I stay in Virginia? Would I uh-huh. stay in Richmond, Virginia? And we had 
uh, we had just bought our house. We bought our house March of 2020, no, February 2020. Um, and it was a beautiful house. We absolutely, it was gorgeous. It was, you know, by every definition, our dream home, like the one that we, as soon as we saw it, we're like, this is the house. It was on two and a half acres, a wooded lot. It was gorgeous. It was serene. Our neighbors on either side of us, we couldn't even see the houses. It was absolutely the perfect house for us. And we loved it. Um, but I started asking some really deep questions. And so then uh, we would we would go for walks several times a day. We'd go out to the end of the lane because that was basically the only walk we could do in our development. Go out to the end of the lane, which was, you know, a half a mile out and a half mile back. And we'd have these really deep questions about, you know, life. And one of the one of the days I was like, why are we staying here? He's like, well, because we have this house, this house. And I said, okay. I said, we have this beautiful house, but what else? And we couldn't answer that question. Uh. And so we just let that sit and marinate. And and then we, I asked the question again like a month later. I was like, well, why are we staying here? And he's like, I don't know. Like, it changed. Uh-huh. And... um. You know, here's here's where here's where things weren't fine. So while we had this beautiful house and we, you know, lived in a beautiful part of Virginia and, you know, it it was just okay, but it was truth of the matter is it was falling short. Like you start asking questions, well, why don't we go fishing more often? And the answer is, well, it's bass fishing and we don't really enjoy bass fishing. We prefer cold water fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So to go cold water fishing, we had to go further away, which wasn't just an afternoon trip. It became a whole day or a whole weekend trip to be able to accomplish that. Um, why were we not going hiking more often? Well, because if you've ever been in Virginia in the summer, it's oppressive. It's, it is. It's it's not hazy. It's not hazy like D.C. and Harrisburg where we lived in Pennsylvania, but it's hot and humid. And it's buggy. There's a lot of bugs. Yeah. And there's a lot of snakes. And there's some poisonous snakes. And I've stepped over several of those going hiking before. So not even realizing, I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. You know, someone's like, hey, miss, you just stepped over a copperhead. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'll look back and it was right there. Did um, you see it? Even did, you saw it was a snake, but you didn't know it was a copperhead. Or did no, you just I didn't, didn't see, even I did see not, the snake? I did not even see the snake. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And it happened twice, twice. And I was like, my goodness. So you start asking those those tough questions. It's like, okay, so we're not going hiking more because it's hot, human buggy. We, the times we've done it, we've not enjoyed it. Uh, there have been times where literally we've been like speed walking through the trail because we have a swarm of mosquitoes behind <laughs> us. Yeah. Uh, that's not fun for us. No. So, um, you know, we started asking the question, well, well, where would, we, you know, if we could live someplace, where would we live? And what would that look like? And, um, you know, the other issue that I dealt with was uh, because I work from home and I have for a number of years is the lack of community and mm. the lack of, of, you know, getting to know people. And it's really hard to do when you move to a new area. And it's not that we didn't have friends, but COVID really put a kibosh on a lot of that, those connections. And, um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't going home for the holidays anymore because my dad and my grandmother had passed. And so it was just, it was that whole piece of community and, and 
what does that look like, you know, now that we've lost our, you know, my, right. my folks. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I just, we started having these really, we got really quiet. At least I did. I can't speak for him, but I got really, really quiet and just sat with these really hard work or hard questions for quite a while. And, you know, I was like, I think we need to move. Like, I don't know where, but I think we need to move. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just because it wasn't, Virginia was good. It was fine, right? right. It was but fine. It, it but was it wasn't, fine. It wasn't really your place. It wasn't. Like when you started examining all of the things that you really like to do and the connections that you yep. didn't have, yep, that wasn't your place. I, You've always been somebody who's very intros, introspective. Yes, that's the word. Thank you. <laughs> You're a wordsmith too, so yeah. <laughs> you can fill in those words for me. Uh, and it seems like you and Jason have a really good relationship where you can talk about all of these things because for I'm betting a lot of people, maybe a lot of people who are listening, like their relationship isn't to the place where they could, like they may be having these questions, but not mm-hmm. ha- being able to have the discussion with their partner. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that I can't, I, I certainly can't advise, you know, on that. Um, I am. I'm very, we're very lucky. We've worked really, really hard on communication. He was in the army for 24 years. I was part of that life for 16 of those years. We were geographically separated several times, you know, for deployments or training missions or, you know, wherever, wherever they needed him. And um, so I think that's just something that we just, we're certainly not a perfect couple, but we worked really, really hard to be able to have those those communication skills. And then of course we've, we've pretty much always been on the same page about how we want our lives to be. So, Mm. I mean, and that just, that, that happened from dating. So, um, you know, dating forward, it wasn't, you know, so we've grown together with that and supporting each other with how we wanted our lives to look. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And and of course the deeper conversations that come when, with grief too, is, you know, when you're talking about how do you want, how do you want your life to be from this point forward? So, right. Right. And so what conclusions did you come to? Because <laughs> you're not still in Virginia. Oh, no. We decided to move 2,900 miles across the country again to uh, his home state of Washington. Mm-hmm. So uh, where he grew up, we had been visiting for quite a for a number of years, for 20, probably 24, 25 years at that point. And um, so he still has, he has family out here, his siblings and and his his dad and stepmom and his aunt and uncle. Um, and then, you know, cousins and stuff like that too. So uh, we had a little bit of a community. It's not like we all knew each other very well because we've never lived here. I mean, yeah. he left when he was in his early 20s. So it was before he started dating me. So, uh, you know, so it's been a process of, of getting to know each other more than just that one day a year where you sit, you know, right, right. And like that, which is kind of cool. Like you chose to go there to reestablish a relationship with family that didn't exist. I mean, the family existed, but the relationship didn't really sure, exist. Not, so, not on a deep level. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So really I, you know, cool. I just, you know, and, and here's the thing. So we started looking at the things we do enjoy, you know, obviously the community piece was, was an important aspect of that. Um, you know, having holidays or birthdays or, you know, just, you know, being able to go to go on a hike or go out to dinner, you know, mm-hmm. you, so you had a little bit of that already. Um, you don't want to make any assumptions, but we just kind of were like, well, you know, we will start. You, you have right? to start somewhere. Right. And uh, from there, it was, okay, well, there's cold water fishing, not just lake fishing, but there's stream fishing and saltwater fishing for salmon, which we all, he and I love to do. Um, I am not a passive person in the boat. I am out there fishing with him. I love it. Um, hiking, you know, you can't find a better place than hiking yeah. here. Um, there's no, I, I don't want to say there's no bugs, but there's not the bugs like there is back in the <laughs> South. Um, right. And, you know, as far as, you know, po- poisonous snakes, at least on this side of the mountains, there aren't any. Um, and, you know, so there was just, there was so many things to just... We've always had a very happy and enjoyable experience when we've come out here to visit um, as far as the outdoor life goes. Uh, and so we just we just started looking at it more closely and was like, this this just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to me. And I, I have a feeling that some people who are listening are going to go, yeah, sure. OK, that was easy for you because and start <laughs> making all the reasons why it wouldn't be easy for them or why they couldn't do it. And what, I mean, it comes down to when you want something badly enough or when the reasons are strong enough, then the reasons not to fall away. Yes. Yeah, this was not a, this was not a light decision. It wasn't like it was a light switch and we were just like, yeah, we're going to move to Washington. I mean, we sat with this decision for, uh, I would say, probably a good month to six weeks before we even told family. Uh-huh. And uh and then it was just a few family like, hey, we're thinking about doing this. Yeah. Uh and then we pro- we sat in Virginia. We sat waiting for jobs, right? So then he stopped applying for jobs in Virginia and started applying for jobs out here. And uh we sat for probably uh I don't know, two or three months. I, I'm starting to lose my time frames, but it yeah. was quite a while. But it was some time. And it was it so every single day you had that choice of you know, questioning that decision. And you're absolutely right, Lori, what it comes down to. And, you know, maybe this is, this is, you know, part of my wiring, but it's a, it was a huge leap of faith, huge leap of faith. Yeah. And the, like you said, the, the thinking of where you want your life to be and the enjoyable years that you have left, the mobile years that you have left and, and how you want that to look. And, for us, for me specifically, it wasn't Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it. we all go through this, especially like it, when you get into your 40s and 50s and you're looking yep. at like all the things that we just talked about. What is the what is the payoff for waiting? Yes. If there is. That is a, the question. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's not an, it's not an easy, it's not a light decision. You know, we've, uh, since, since we've known each other, uh, I've moved back and forth across the country. This was our third cross the country move and everything was for, you know, we moved to Tucson to go to school 
for him to go to school. And then, you know, we moved back to Virginia because that's where the job was. And we were both super excited about being back east on the East Coast. It wasn't just me. He was really excited, too. My, of course, my dad was still alive then. He mm-hmm. was just like, oh, this is wonderful. Um, and then to make the decision to move back across the country yet again, uh, you know, to a market that, you know, has more traffic, is cost higher cost of living, significantly more. I mean, there was just a lot of, we really weighed this one, but it, it came down to what do you want your life to look like? And you don't mm-hmm. know, you know, feel, I'm I'm starting to get a little, you know, philosophical here but no one knows how much longer you have now or how many more healthy years you have left so for us we really just wanted to be able to enjoy life and to and to do that the outdoor element was a huge piece of that you know along with community right right but um so we just we just decided screw it we're we're going to take this one more leap of faith and really hope that it works Yes. Well, okay. Wait. Crap. It it is scary. And fortunately, I mean, whether you had a partner to do it with, I think makes it a little bit easier. But regardless, it's when you trust and Mm -hmm. have faith, and you take the leap, then you know you see. And if it doesn't, for some reason, in a couple years, you decide that this isn't the place, and you want, like, that's the beauty of living in this country or many other free countries is that you can choose something different. Right. Right. And so, you know, it, it, luckily so far we're, we have a house, you know, we have a roof over our head. He has an amazing job that is totally up his geek zone and he is (laughs) the happiest he has ever been ever in, you know, it's just, it's, he's, he spends his entire day in, in schedules and spreadsheets and he loves it. Right. And it's compl- good, good for him because that sounds like hell to me. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that is certainly not for me either. But, um, you know, if I have a problem with Excel formula, he could help me. But you're I mean, right, he, you're right. he goes much deeper than that. But that is totally up his geek zone. He never, like, he didn't even realize a job like that existed. And, um, you know, so, so, you know, we're making it work. Yeah. So something you just said, as he didn't even know it existed, until you step out of yes. that comfort zone, you don't even know what amazing things are available until you take that leap of faith. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And that's something I hadn't thought of from that perspective. Um, but you're absolutely right. So um, it does. It takes a hu- it takes a huge, takes a big gut, you know, yeah. and as you know, but yeah. And and you had to go internally. I mean, we already mentioned about being introspective, but mm-hmm. listening to your own inner voice. Yeah. And what is it telling you to do? And asking, and then it wasn't necessarily just like, hey, move. It was no. giving you questions to think about, because I think that that comes from your inner voice as well. It's not just telling you which direction to go. It's giving you the questions to really think about it and be able to work through the answers to get to the ultimate answer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and getting for me it's getting really quiet. So of course I did a lot of walking. Uh, you know, not even listening to a podcast or music, mm-hmm. just walking and uh thinking about things or when, you know, we're doing strength training, a lot of times you're in your own zone. Um yeah. 
So it was, it was, it was really thinking about how do I want my life to look like and where is it falling short and why am I not taking advantage of the things that I love to do? Why am I not doing more artsy fartsy photos with my, with my fancy dancy camera? Like, why am I not doing that? Why am I not strapping on my hiking boots more often? Why are we, we have this, you know, we saved and saved and saved and we have this boat and, and why are we not using it more often? Mm -hmm. And we had just bought it. So, you know, it's kind of, but you know, it's, it's all of those things. And then, you know, thankfully we love to travel. Like we've traveled a lot in, inside the U S so we had a lot of places where we knew we didn't want to live. Okay. You know? yeah. Yeah. So, so we had some experience from that perspective of, okay, you know, uh, not that I'd ever lived there, but he was stationed in Louisiana, uh, uh, back in his military days. And he's mm-hmm. like, we're never moving. Right. You know? So, right. so we just knew, yeah. And and you were making the comment about why asking the question, why am I not doing these things? Yeah. And I think that's a great question. And then the similar question is, why am I not allowing myself to do these things? Mm-hmm. And that, for a lot of people I've talked to, myself included, it comes back to uh, feeling like you are like that you are allowed to, that you're, mm-hmm. I don't want to say that, that you're worthy of taking that time, the taking that time off, but you're not, I mean, what are you doing? It's not time. It's time away from work maybe, but it's time in your life. Like you said, like, oh, I'm not allowing myself to have my life basically. Yeah. You know, and when we started uh, another good question, I'll share this with you too. Another good question is, of course, I was having heart palpitations and anxiety or this this was not easy. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, well, we love this house. And what if we can't find another house that we like as much? And what if, what if this, and what if this, and it was all the negative stuff. And one of my friends said to me, we were on a Zoom call and she's like, but what if it does work out? Yes. That is the question that we get so caught up in. What if on the negative side, correct? instead of what if on the positive, what if everything works out amazing? What if we find a, a equally fantastic or better house what if all of these things line up and like you said jason ended up getting a job that was something he didn't even know existed right and he is so happy and you know he his his military career you know you're on call 24 7 and then his last job he was he literally worked 362 days a year seven days a week um because he had to do payroll every single day so even if uh, for his for his team, so and his team fluctuated from fifty employees to um, a high of like one hundred and twenty employees yeah. uh, during during seasonal for seasonal work, and so even when we were on vacation, he had to log in and do payroll, and he had to log in on Christmas Day and do payroll, and he got the next day off because they were closed on Christmas, you know. So, um, so now he has a job that. They insist he only work 40 hours a week. And if he has meetings and he does have meetings, like international meetings would require him to, you know, for a call like at five o'clock at night or whatever for an hour, he just takes an hour off on Friday. Wow. And it's like they are like, it's just like night and day. And we mm-hmm. just never knew that this world existed. Right. We've never right. lived this before. Right. Until you step out in faith, you don't yep. know what the universe could be bringing for you. Or what yeah. is even out there for you? That's yeah. that's cool. Okay. So when you, now that you've got, you've got like extra energy now that you have uh, all this good stuff in your life. 
what's so speaking of energy, what's the hype song? What's the song you listen to when you need an extra boost of energy? Sure. It's it's basically anything Foo Fighters, but I'm going to narrow it down to The Pretender. So okay. uh, great, a great song, nice beat. Um, yeah. You know, the lyrics kind of make a lot of sense, too. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's Foo all the way and Dave Grohl. Yeah. And we were talking <laughs> before we started recording about Dave Grohl and what a, a magnificent human he is. And yeah, if you haven't read his book... The Storyteller. Yep. Highly recommend. We were talking about, we've both read it. Dave Grohl grew up in Northern Virginia. I also listened, yeah, I also listened to it on Audible and he oh. narrates it. So I did, I did the the splice, right? So you did, I read it and, yep. and also listened to it on my walks. And fantastic story. Yeah. All right. So we'll put a link to your hype song in the show notes. And then if somebody wants to continue the conversation with you, where do they find you? Yeah, so um, Tess Whitler, TessWhitler.com. Um, and also I have a side side little project that I'm I'm working on. It's called Beyond the Grind Life. So beyondthegrindlife.com. And it's basically just talking about similar things to find as a four-letter word, right? Yeah. So it's it's about finding that life and that joy and sharing those stories. Um, you know, we share uh, personal stories and then uh, eventually I want to share other people's stories about how they're living beyond the grind life. Yeah, I love that because that is not really life. I mean, it's some people's life, but it's not anybody's ideal life. No, and it looks different for everybody, which I think is important to share that too. Right. So what works for me, you know, being outside and, and doing camera stuff is completely different for someone else. And that's that's completely okay. Yeah. But it's still beyond the grind. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what I, I'm so happy that you we reconnected, that you're able to join me on here. And uh, yeah, thanks for showing up for fine is a four letter word. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Lori. It's been a real joy. Over the course of my own life, I thought I had achieved my dream lifestyle not once, but a couple of times. Then circumstances intervened and showed me that that was not the case. As I travel around the country on a new journey of self-discovery, I can relate to some of the takeaways from my conversation with Tess. Number one, growing up, it can be annoying to endure Sunday afternoons with relatives you don't feel much much in common with. For some of you, these might be the last people you'd willingly choose to spend time with. Then, as adults, we come to appreciate the bonds of family and what gets passed to us through the generations. Number two, until we reach a certain point in our lives, we may feel invincible. This is reinforced by still having our parents and grandparents around. Then, when they pass on, it hits us like a ton of bricks. The veneer of invincibility wears off. Number three, have you really figured out what your dream lifestyle looks like? Tess and Jason thought they had it in Richmond. Then they found out they weren't doing much of the hiking and fishing they had looked forward to. The hiking paths were full of insects, mosquitoes, and poisonous snakes, and it wasn't the type of fishing they really enjoyed. Number four, you may think you're quote-unquote home, but what is that belief based on? Richmond seemed like a homecoming because now Tess could be, again, physically close to the relatives she was so close to growing up. But once they started crossing over in rapid succession, she looked around her and saw her connections to the mid-Atlantic region dissolving. She actually started to feel alone. 
and that she wasn't really home in the way she had previously thought. Number five, all change is scary, even good change. When faced with the prospect and opportunity for change, we check ourselves by asking, what if this doesn't work out? But we often forget to ask, what if it does work out? Our innate self-preservation reflex can, ironically, block us from experiencing what will help us not only survive, but thrive in new ways. Thanks for listening to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. If you've enjoyed the show, please follow and share it with a friend. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform to help others discover it too. You can find links to my socials on my website, zenrabbit.com. And before you go, take a moment to reflect on what you're grateful for today. Remember, you have the power to create a life you love, and I'm proud of you. Thanks for joining me. Take care.